Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours and certainly appreciate you spending some of that period of time with us. Uh, the BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this for a Wednesday. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest will be here. We will uh, take a good deep dive into the U.S. Open that begins tomorrow uh, out at Torrey Pines uh, with some primetime golf on the agenda for the weekend. Uh, Matt Rudy will help us out, especially if you are those of you so inclined to bet a golf or, or two. There are so many ways to bet on golf um, at, at any of the uh, bet rivers, DraftKings, wherever, wherever you do your sports wagering business, you can find plenty of opportunities and plenty of ways uh, to bet on this weekend's third major championship. So Matt Rudy will join us at uh, 1030. Sean Devaney is going to be here at 11.05. We had to push Cappy back until 11.25 this morning. Cappy will be here, Cubs fans, Bears fans. White Sox fans, Chicago sports fans, he'll join us. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cappy will join us at 11.25, but Sean Devaney will lead off our number two. Uh, he's covered the NBA for decades. Heavy.com, Forbes uh, are his latest stops. He was at the Sporting News for a long, long time. Uh, and he's going to help us out with the NBA, who certainly, for some of the wrong reasons, getting a lot of... Bad headlines. They say the only bad publicity is your obituary. I'm not so sure the NBA wants this. These two little nuggets from this morning with Kawhi Leonard out for, in all likelihood, the remainder of the series against Utah. And Chris Paul in COVID protocol. Um, the Phoenix Suns, and, and I mean, I have to tell you, if you're watching basketball, what he means to that to that team. I'm not so sure this young Phoenix Suns team can win without him. Now, not saying that he's going to be out, right. but we don't know. We don't know if he was. It's a contact trace if he's got it, but uh, here we go again. COVID strikes its ugly head in sports. And maybe I was, I don't know, had my head in the sand. But I thought, yeah, there'd be something in baseball that pop up. You know, we've heard about teams trying to hit that what eighty percent threshold, mm-hmm. and then they basically can go back to normal. Right. Yeah. Once they no hit masks that. in the dugout with right. the managers and the, the coaches, etc. But at this point of the NBA playoffs, yeah. And certainly with a guy like Chris Paul, mm-hmm. you would figure, all right. Well, I would have thought the same with John Rahm. And, um, yes, you know, really good point, yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing we won't have the, that uh, COVID situation rear its head at the U.S. Or maybe I'm wrong, who knows? Now, my mind went right away to football, and I'm sure yours probably did in a way, too. Because ultimately, it's the NBA. And we mm-hmm. watch it, we enjoy it, but it's not football. But it was really good last night. It was. When we get to September... Is this still going to be part of the lexicon? Uh, who knows? Is it still going to be uh, Saturday evening, there's rumblings, yeah. and you wake up Sunday morning, and Adam Schefter has mm-hmm. tweeted, Dak Prescott mm-hmm. will not be because of proto- what, what? What happens on September the 10th? Right. We're holding our breath for the, the biggest game in our state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the threshold? And yeah. Does the NFL have that? Does college football have that? Do they have that figured out now? Because last summer, my biggest disappointment 
with Kevin Warren in the Big Ten is they just weren't prepared. Mm -hmm. They weren't prepared with it. Ultimately, the decision to not play and then to come back, leave that to the side. Just be prepared. What are you doing? There's the financial aspect I understand is huge, but same thing here. What are they doing right now to ensure that if there is a positive case, if there is an outbreak, Mm -hmm. that games are not canceled in the Big Ten? I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything? Not at this point, but I I think that... um uh, you, you would think that they learned their lesson. I want to believe that they. You learned, saw that leadership in the I, Big I Ten know, last year. I, I want to believe that they've uh, that they've learned their lesson. Yes, they they have to have some contingency plan uh, in place. But you know, Trent, uh, the Chris Rom, uh, sorry, the John Paul, I'm the big part, the Chris Paul situation. Chris Paul uh, slash John Rom. Yeah. Um, tried to be funny. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, that aside, let, let's go to what we witnessed last night because boy, oh boy. It just was, you know. We we talked about Kevin Durant yesterday during the program, and so let's let's go. Let's set the scene. So Tuesday, James Harden's out. Mm-hmm. He's out. He's not going to play. About this time yesterday, he's upgraded to doubtful. Middle of the afternoon, he's questionable. <laughs> he takes the floor. Now he didn't play with a crap. Let's be honest. He, he was, wasn't good. He couldn't shoot. Uh, he was like a a, a a pylon, a traffic cone, guys p- trying to play defense. Which he normally is, but sure, this but was this to was another level. Sure, but this was even exacerbated. He was worse because he couldn't move on that hamstring. He gutted it out. He played 46 minutes. Are they better with him? Mm, he can have that debate. But my good God, Trent, we said, you said, Kevin Durant, I think you said 50 or 60. I yeah. just tapped the brakes a little bit. <laughs> well, he had, what, 49, 15, and 10 or something like that. Ridiculous number. The biggest of which, 53, 54, whatever, 50 seconds left in the game. Shot clock's about to expire. It's a one-point game at the time, uh, and he rises up and sinks that just massive dagger three. Um, And the game was essentially put away at that point. In terms of talent, right now, is this the most talented guy? Left in the playoffs or in the league? In the league. Because LeBron, Uh, we saw he can't do this anymore. No. Well, I want to. I was going to say I want to see him. He had that short off season at his age. I mean, the playoff toll. I think finally that bill came due this year. That's good for for him. him. Yeah. Uh, So he's finally going to get that rest. Man, see, I think Giannis is unbelievable. He's unguardable at times. I can't shoot free throws, save his life. Well, and that's the problem. Right. Because late in the game, what? Mm-hmm. all right, put your head down and we're going to follow you. Mm-hmm. And you'll make one out of two. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go to the other end and we'll score. We'll give it mm-hmm. to KD and he's going to score. And not only what he did on the offensive end, facilitating the offense. He was basically the point guard. Yeah. But on the defensive end too, defensive rebound. Yes. What he did guarding at times, Giannis and mm-hmm. everybody else, and Middleton starts to warm up. All right, Katie's going over there. The combination of both ends of the floor, I don't think it's close, Trent. Um, and he's grown late in life. I mean, he was six ten at Texas. Mm-hmm. He's grown subsequent to that. I mean, I guess it happens to some people, but the way he, you know, you're right. He's you can be a point guard, yeah, and a seven foot point guard, and long. Um, good God, that was that was. As good of a performance, an individual performance, when his team absolutely needed it, as we've seen in a long time. That's on the very short list of all time. NBA, I know the latest is always the greatest. I'm not going to say it was the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
It's we'll memorable. We'll talk about this one for a long time. Yeah, I'll remember this one. I will too. And I'm glad that Kevin Durant, we know that he has a bunch of burner accounts on Twitter. <laughs> It's also good that he's a big fan of Miller and Condon. He was listening yesterday when I called him out. Uh-huh. It's This is what I want to see because I love this dude at Texas. I love the story. Yeah, the I love the worst part of the story is he didn't get to come to Ames. The, as we talked about yesterday, you the real MVP. That, that MVP uh-huh. speech, you can tell there's a lot in there. Is he right. too sensitive? Absolutely. Right. Does he care maybe too much what people say? Well, there's no doubt. He's got yep. dozens of burner accounts out uh-huh. there on Twitter. He cares about that. But in terms well, of talent, who did he call out? Didn't he call out uh, R.J. Williams uh, last week? Right, yeah. they got had a pretty spirited back and forth. He is so talented and could have been a generational player. I think a beloved player. But well, he, if he puts a, a few of these back to back to back here and through the rest right. of these playoffs, and you're going to you're going to see that momentum build, and you're going to see the young kids start to gravitate towards him mm-hmm. because he is yeah. absolutely awe inspiring. Watching this guy and his craft. As good as you're going to find. Yep. Eight. We talk about unicorns, and that's a term they throw around a lot in the NBA. This is the embodiment of mm. one. He is a seven-foot point guard that can get you a block on one end, yeah. get you three on the other. block at the end of the first half. Play in the post. He can do it all. He is that player. All the other stuff has really still tainted him, but this was a step oh, in the right direction. It, it was unbelievable. And here's the crazy part, Trent. They shouldn't have won the basketball. Oh no! Game. Yeah, the Milwaukee. What did, what did Charles call him? Repeated at halftime and at the end of the a stupid team, something like that. I yep. think that was uh, is is, is uh, how he described them. Some of the decisions offensively. I mean, you've um, regardless, it was Lopez got a six foot four guy. Go around him, yes. take it, get aggressive, be aggressive. Same with Giannis periodically in the game instead of settling for uh, for jump shots. Milwaukee was the better team last night, and they lost the basketball game by six points. They're up seventeen at one point. I want to say it was sixteen at the half. It was, yeah. And um, chip, 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 and away they went, and just uh, they erased the deficit, took a lead, and held that lead. It was tied. What tied? Oh, I'm guessing one oh four apiece, something like that. Seems right. Yeah, I think that was as close as it got late in the basketball game, but. Uh, Look, I was glad I watched it last night. It was, it was, um, you know, you, you'll be talking about this Kevin Durant game back in uh, 2021 for a while because that was as good as you're going to get. Hockey was not very good last night. Thank- Thankfully, because I'm on Tampa Bay and I didn't want to have to sweat. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so at least got the split yeah. at home. And, and it, was, they go- uh, it was, um, it was spirited. I mean, mm-hmm. there were, there was, a, there was, uh, you know, a couple of uh, set twos uh, in the hockey game. It was an awful call that gave the Islanders their, their first goal of the game. I didn't give it to them, but put them on the power play. Just a terrible, terrible, egregious uh, miss goalie interference, which shouldn't have been. He got pushed into it and every camera showed it. But regardless of that, um, Cubs. Look, you're not going to win with with you've got to address, and this is going to be question one for Cappy, right? Alec Mills is a nice piece. I mean, I don't even know if he's a nice piece. Okay, coming out of the bullpen when your starter gives up a boatload of runs, and you need him to come in in the third and get through some innings, right? Mm-hmm. Or coming out of the, he's not a starter. We he's he's just not a starter. Um, the kid they're bringing up a kid to go against. Who? What is his name? In fact, I meant to text Tommy Birch to get a quick scouting report on this. Stock. Is that his name? Who's going to? And he gets Jacob Degrom. Good luck to you, young man, uh, Robert Stock. Um, go out and um, outpitch Jacob Degrom tonight at six o'clock. It's they need help. You know, mm-hmm. Barrios is a name. Um, 
Who brought up Lester yesterday? Was it? Uh, did you? Was someone? Our buddy from Al Yellen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, brought up John Lester. I've seen that name a couple of times to to bring him back as a you know as the five guy in the rotation, um, just because of the playoff pedigree, and he hasn't been awful with the Nats this year. Uh, but they point being, regardless of what name you want to throw out there, they have to do something. They don't have enough starting pitching, plain and simple. Got a list of uh, 10 names who might be available from MLB, starting pitching. And Scherzer's got to be at the top of the list, although he's hurt. He's hurt. And, uh, in fact, he is not on this list. Now, this was from a couple weeks ago, and it's not the biggest of big names. Scherzer right now. So, the number two guy on this list behind Scherzer, Kyle Gibson. Okay. I know Kyle Gibson from his days in Minnesota. Right. I mean, talk about... A prototypical number four, number five mm-hmm. starter. He's been really good in Texas. Mm-hmm. The last on a, two on years. A, on a bad baseball team. Yes. Okay, there's a name. Herman Marquez of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Always been intrigued by the guy. Mm-hmm. Him, you know John how I Gray. feel about Colorado pitchers. Right, and you get him out of that environment. That's what I mean. I, I don't think so bad. How about this? Career for Marquez, 3.67 ERA, 1.17 whip away from Coors Field in his career. Mm. Those are pretty good numbers. Yep. Sonny Gray? Yeah. Probably not going to be traded in a division, you wouldn't think, because we're looking at it from a Cubs perspective. But what's his contract like? If he's in his walk year, then maybe that's a little easier. He will make uh, $10 million next year in a team option, 2023, All for right, $12 so million. so this has got some control. So you're probably right. John Means yeah. of the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Awful team. Yes. Another one. Danny Duffy? that do anything for you? Yeah, you know what? Then Okay. Matthew Boyd of the Tigers? Mm, Boyd's all bad teams, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I don't want to see them pick up? Have you been following this Arizona Diamondbacks story? Do no. You, do you have any idea what their record is in their last 40 games? Last 40 last games? Last 40 games. I don't know, 15 and 25. Okay. How about 5 and 35? What? This is all-time ineptitude. They have lost 35 of their last 40. Trent, I don't think that we could look back in the record books. Remember Baltimore? What year did they get off to that? Oh, in 22 and I think, start. I think they fired Ripken's old man was managing yeah. the team at the time. I mean, just terrible, terrible. But this is all-time bad. And they actually started the season pretty well. They've lost 35 of their last 40 games. So I don't want to see the Cubs pick up a Diamondback player. A point being. So no Mad Bum, who is next on this list. Yeah, and that's a, that, that was a mistake signing there, yeah. too. And Tyler Anderson of the Pirates mm-hmm. is the other one, another lefty mm-hmm. there. So some names, some intriguing names. Big Mike Pineda. Yeah. He's had his moments this year. Yes, he has. I, like I mean, Big on a team that hasn't had a lot of moments mm-hmm. this year. So those are just some names to bandy about. Well, so, look, Trevor Williams is eventually going to get back. He is not the answer. No, no. Uh, you need like, two. You, you need two, absolutely. I like Williams' story just because I like the fact that his old man follows him around and yeah. he actually keeps score and they show his dad and he's pumped up and father-son things and i got a soft spot. Um, I think as a lot of us do. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? So it's Hendricks and Davies has been really, really good and Alzali has been better than advertised. But Arietta, you can't count on him. I'm not saying you throw him to the scrap because you still he's a five inning guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to do something. So uh, you like to talk about you know those check marks that we hit over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Benchmarks, yeah. Uh, we're going to bitch about ESPN's baseball coverage because last night 
the game was broadcast on ESPN on DirecTV. I don't know if that's the case on Mediacom, but for me, in my house... The, the Cubs game last night? The Cubs game was not blacked out. Okay. Until, I watched it on Marquee. I just... Until 9 o'clock game. And then at 9 o'clock, it flips and says, Scott Van Pelt Sports Center not available. It is blacked up. We're searching for other channels. Well, that doesn't make Scott a lick of sense. Van Pelt Sports Center? But yeah, Center? because the game is supposed to end at 9. So basically... It just cut out? It cut out. It went black and said it is blacked well, out you currently. you get Marquee. I do. Yeah, but I'm just seeing mm-hmm. ESPN. Can you imagine if you're somebody that doesn't get to see the Cubs very often? You don't have Marquee, whatever. Right, right. Well, Andy Garman tweeted this weekend that he actually saw the Cubs back-to-back days. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, all right, so you're watching your team, and then 9 o'clock comes, and boom, just shut down. Mm-hmm. What Awful. is the justification at this point? I'm trying to be given up. I, I know. It, it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, it was fine. I just went so over. So on Monday, they were on ESPN, too. Did you, did, what, I didn't even check. See, I didn't either. Yeah. I just go to Marquee. I'm programmed to do that. Yeah. Didn't even check, but just happened to be there. Yeah. Went there, was sitting there, and right as 9 o'clock hit, Jeez. screen goes black. That pops up. This mm-hmm. is blacked out. Why would Sports Center be blacked out? Well, I know really? the reason, because there's a game on, but you just had it on for three consecutive hours. Why? That Why? kid can Why? pitch for the t- for the Mets. That Walker kid, ninety nine. I told you, Taiwan good. Walker. Jesus. I've been waiting for him. I had him in fantasy every year with Seattle. Holy mackerel, he's good. Yeah. And so they get Degrom goes today. Well, the Cubs have lost two straight now, uh, and they get Degrom. And then tomorrow on Getaway Day, they get Marcus Stroman. Oh, really? I didn't who's even... pretty good. Yes. Yeah. I hadn't even looked forward to that one. And that's also an evening game. That'll be also a six o'clock. First pitch on Thursday getaway day before. And who goes for the Cubs tomorrow? Would it be back to would it be back to Hendricks? That quick? Uh, well, when did he pitch? You know what? I got it right in front of me. I'm going to okay. cheat. It is Hendricks Stroman. Hendricks against Hendricks Stroman. Hendricks v. Stroman. And then the team that beat him in the playoffs comes to town, the Marlins of Miami. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, 10-20, or just approaching 10-20 here. So uh, we mentioned at the top of the show so many ways to bet on golf. You found a really good prop uh, as we put together our script for our Mediacom TV show. Um, a, a, a prop that I'd never seen before, which leads me to believe that maybe I should be checking these things going a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the winner of the golf tournament pars the final hole of the 72nd hole of this. Yes. So if they go to a playoff, it do, that doesn't matter. It's the 72nd hole of the playoff. So point being is if you really dig deep, you're going to be able to find some props that maybe interest you a little bit because this one's got my attention. I was jumping right on this one, and the reason for it is Torrey Pines ends with a par five. Yeah. Now, how often do we see that, especially U.S. Open? It doesn't feel like we get it very often. But my thought process behind it is birdie bogey. Mm-hmm. Either somebody's going to have a lead, that's another thing you can bet on, Will they have a multiple-shot lead going into the final hole. Right. Uh, but if they do have that multiple-shot lead, just how cautious they're going to be, and even if they can tap it in for bogey, that'd be the course. Or chance to go after it and go try to get on a two for an eagle, even two-putt for the birdie. Mm. So that was my thought process behind it, and that's why I went on the no side of it. But those fun props, golf, we've talked about this now, Well, basically going back a year when the PGA started to come back. There are so many different ways to get involved from top 20s. That's what I like to play. Of course, just winning the golf tournament. I bet on John Rahm tomorrow. So as he gets started, 
And does he actually get started today with his practice? Now, I know he's got access to golf course. Right. He can be out there by himself. It's not like while he's been in COVID uh, protocols that he can't play around at some course by himself. But just to finish in the top 20 after the first round, and you get him at plus one money. If you bet on him, John Rahm, who is the betting favorite by far? Mm-hmm. He's what, 10 to 1? 10 to 1, yeah. yeah. And I think that next tier is like 14 to 1 mm-hmm. that comes in after him. But just to be in the top 20 after the first round, and you get plus 150 with that, I think he's going to get off to a really strong start. I absolutely love that. But betting after the first round, the matchups that are out there, you can do oh my. as he matches up, uh, and all these different props that are out there. It's a great sport to bet. It really is. And if you I'm plan surprised. on watching, yeah. if you plan on yep. sitting there and watching and you haven't done it before, mm-hmm. this is the weekend. Well, and of course, we got our great promo. This was really not a promo that we no, were doing. No, for DraftKings. For yeah, DraftKings. Right, but right. seriously, if you haven't, DeChambeau makes a birdie. Mm-hmm. Dollar bet to win 100. I mean, it's a pretty good one, too. No, it, 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 it's uh, it's really good. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. Look, I, I didn't think that I would find myself on any given day betting on betting on golf. Yeah. Right? I didn't think we'd get to a major and uh, that I'd be looking to try and find some value out there. Stick to football. Stick to stuff you think you know. <laughs> Seldom come out on the winning end at the end of the year. But uh, but golf's fun, and it's fun having a, uh, a shekel or two on uh on um, you know, on whoever uh, as you watch throughout the weekend. All right, we will get to Matt Rudy coming up. Sean Devaney on the NBA. Cappy's going to be here. Uh, so obviously, with Cappy, we'll start with the with the Cubs at some point. At some point early, I'm assuming. You hearing the stuff that's coming out of Chicago on the as far as Justin Fields, uh, Andy Dalton. No, that Fields is outperforming him. Oh yeah, I've heard that definitely. And apparently, Nagy came out again and 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 ruled. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Fields is not going to start regardless if it looks as though that's your best quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Bears are going to go with the veteran at least early in the season. Do it's, you believe that? I think it's still a little politicking for I the do veteran. Too, because I can't, I can't see a coach in the middle of June mm-hmm. in OTA. I mean, okay, if this was the middle, if this was after the second preseason game. Right. And you've actually seen, you know, as close to life a real football as you're going to see. Then you want to anoint him, okay? But in the middle of June, you're going to say Andy Dalton, regardless of what Fields does between now and then, he doesn't have a chance. Yeah, I just think this is summer talk. I don't I, yeah, think I this do is anything to be overly concerned about because you're right. If we get through that second game, mm-hmm. and it's apparent. Yeah. Justin Fields is the guy. Right. He will be the guy. I think this is Nagy more than anything. And you know who back else in the would, veteran? Sure, I get it. Um, you know, it's one thing for us and, and people who watch football and for hardcore Bears fans like yourself to say that. it's The team knows who the best quarterback is, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the team knows yeah. who gives you a better chance to win. I just – see, I thought Nagy was um, – bought himself at least another year, the, the entire regime, uh, with, with, with bringing in a first-round quarterback. But when you hear this kind of thing, I think it's summer talk, too. I want to believe that it's summer talk at this point. One final thing I wanted to get to here on the local front. So I'm sure you saw yesterday, a Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp yeah. got invited to yep. to the camp. Taking the NBA draft aside, you know who has a chance to be selected? Who do you think has the better chance of being on a roster next season? Not long term, but has a better chance of sticking mm, of in those their, two of those two in their rookie year. Because I went back and forth in my mind when I was thinking about that yesterday. So is there only two options? Or only those two. Or see uh, none of the above? Nope. One of them one. has to stick. One of them will stick. 
That player is Joe Wieskamp. It's Joe Wieskamp. That Luca picture. Now, I'm taking C, but yeah. you didn't give me C. Right, right. There's only A or B. Because of the three point shooting. Uh huh. Because of the way that the game has Look, changed. Luca, Luca can make. He can step back and make a three. Yes. He's lost what 19 pounds in his training mm-hmm. in preparation for this. Look, I'm rooting for the kid. The kid bust his hump. Right? Yes. He really and truly did. Uh, he had a great career at the University of Iowa. He was, he was appointment TV, 55 was. I'm rooting for him. Do I think he's going to... I mean, look at the guys in the NBA. Yeah. Look and at the guys that didn't make first-team All-NBA. Some of the who's who of the game weren't good enough to be in that starting five. It is so good. These guys are so damn athletics. Um, it's the jump from, I think that's the biggest jump in sports. I really from do. From college to the pros? From college basketball yeah. to the pros. Not the NFL, not the NHL from 18 to an NHL roster. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, it takes you a while to get there. I'll give you that. But from college basketball, where you're a star, to the NBA, where you're just trying to make a roster and carve out a few minutes on the floor, I struggle. I struggle trying to identify guys that are can't miss um, when they go from college to the pros. I just, I think it's incredibly difficult to watch a kid in college and to try and figure out where they're going to be. So I'll take Wieskamp. This is the one thing that I just wonder about Luca having a chance to stick. When you... His defense? Well, it's not that. <laughs> when you watch these workout videos and you see the way that he is just busting it. Mm-hmm. Neither of these guys are going to be rotation players. Certainly I don't think be, so. Not going to be started. These are, best case scenario, 12th or 13 guys. And between the two, you got Wieskamp, who's a nice player, and might mm-hmm. develop into something more. And has more upside, I think, as an NBA player. Or you got this guy that is a self-made player. And you got maybe a team full of knuckleheads. And say, <laughs> guys, you're so much more talented. And look at the way this guy is out there right. every single day. And when you guys show up to practice, Luca Garza's been here for two hours. And when you leave, he's yeah. going to be here two hours yeah. after. And maybe a team that is okay or dysfunctional, the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> And looking for something to maybe rub off on these other guys. That's maybe just, it could be a stupid theory. I've had plenty of them in my life. But they're, they're just that, that lingering kind of thought about Luke and just the kind of guy that he is and the way that he works that an NBA front office says, look, he's not going to play. We're, we're really not going to play this guy. But for, in terms of our team, in terms of chemistry, we need a guy like that. I hope it. I hope it happens, Trent. I really do. Um, it was fun to watch, and um, I mean, look what he look what he meant to to what we do for 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 his uh, for his career at the University of. We will take a timeout. Come back. Uh, Going to get into golf. Pick our, pick our buddy uh, buddy Matt Rudy's brain golf digest. Uh, who does he like? What does he see uh, coming up uh, in the U.S. Open that begins tomorrow? Miller and Condon till noon. Sean Devaney and David Kaplan in hour two. It's fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. Here's Ken and Trent. 
106.3 on the FM dial. It is official. Uh, Circa has been approved in the state of Iowa. So Circa Sports uh, coming to Iowa, as Travis Dvorak said, uh, told us yesterday from Wild Rose. Uh, they will be under the Wild Rose umbrella joining Bet Rivers and DraftKings. Joining us is our buddy Matt Rudy from Golf Digest as we take a look-see at this weekend's U.S. Open. John Rahm is the betting favorite. Matt Rudy joins us. Matt Trenton, Ken, as always, thank you for doing this, Matt. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Doing great, uh, and appreciate you coming on to discuss this. Uh, I mean, as last time we spoke, we were um, going back on uh, what, what Phil Mickelson had just accomplished over the weekend. Subsequent to that, the John Rom news broke with uh, him what a six shot lead after the round after Saturday's round, being told on the course uh, that he's not going to be able to fi- play the final round. I thought that was a bad mistake on behalf of uh, the PGA doing it that way. Uh, Instead of doing it, you know, back in the scores tent or wherever. But you know, since Rom is the favorite, let's start with him. What do you expect? How much? Uh, how much does his layoff affect him? Do you think uh, in advance of tomorrow? It's hard to say because I, I don't think normally it would be a huge deal. But really, the only thing, and, and I've talked about this with you guys before, the only thing that that stops him ever is. He gets super mad about stuff, and and I, I don't I don't know I don't know how mad you would be about not winning a million and a half dollars, right. but it would make me a little bit mad. So so I guess it depends on how he directs that attention. And he, he gave a terrific press conference, and he said what he should have said, which is it's my responsibility to to follow the rules and to and to take the consequences, and 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 that's what happened. The the, the tour followed its policies, and and. It reminds me of following my eight-year-old PGA Junior League in, in her match yesterday. I think you have to feel some pain and experience some pain to, to learn you know, the ramification of rules. So I think them telling him right after the round was probably the right thing to do because I think it sends the message to everybody that this isn't a joke and you've got to either be vaccinated or be careful. So I guess it remains to be seen what that translates into at, at U.S. Open time, but there's no question he's playing great. It felt like yesterday was the most anticipated groupings yeah. that we have seen in I don't know how long. The the back and forth, the look from Brooks Kepka as DeChambeau was walking by a few weeks back. There was reports that maybe they reached out, the USGA reached out to ask if they'd play together. There's so much going on here. Ultimately, we didn't get that. Did the USGA swing and miss on this? <laughs> It's almost like the PGA Tour is paying people to have more social media presence these days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's working. Uh, you know, the, the tour the, the tour wants uh, some they want some static and they want some people talking about the tour and that's what they're getting in this feud. And mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, I do think it is it is the national championship. And Brooks Kepka's comment was the right one, which is I don't care who they pair me with. I have to win. You know, I'm trying to win a tournament. And I would feel bad for whoever the third person in that pairing was because <laughs> yeah. they have to deal with you know everybody else's nonsense. If it was twosomes, you could make the argument that they made that bed so they can sleep in it. But since it's threesomes, I think you got to leave it alone and and, and let the drama play out at yeah. a distance. And just cross our fingers and hope we get it on Saturday and preferably on Sunday uh, in, in the final group if that's how it comes. And my good God, can you imagine, Matt, the television ratings? I know they would be great if Mickelson is, you know, in the hunt on Sunday. But if we get DeChambeau and Kepka as the final pairing, this would rival Tiger at his peak, I think, don't you? Because of all the social media that's now, you know, obviously a part of life, quite frankly. 
Yeah, I think I think it would be there would be some added excitement to it, and um, I think both. Ironically, both of those guys are uniquely wired to probably not care about it as much as other people might. You know, uh, you know, Bryson is is a polarizing guy, and and he does his own thing, and he's perfectly fine doing his own thing, and and that's all that stuff seems to roll off his back. You know, when he takes longer to to deal with reading putts. You know, he, he practices until all hours of the night. You know, he, he just does things his own way and does, doesn't pay attention to what the static is. And, and Brooks is a is an instigator in the classic sense. You know, it's gamesmanship in the classic sense. So I think we would all be, uh, you know, sort of uh, blown away by it and and and, and you know, talking about it on social media and you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. But those two guys might actually pay attention to it the least in comparison mm-hmm. to anybody else. So we're back to Torrey Pines, a course that, well, we see every year, but it's different when it comes to the U.S. Open. Just how different is it and any differences from the last time it was played there in 2008? It's crazy. The, the, on, a, on a much smaller scale, the club where I play in Connecticut is hosting the Senior Women's Open at the end of July. So I've been watching the run-up on my own course for that event, and it's nothing compared to what happens at a, at a you know, at the at the U.S. the men's level or the women's level, you know, for the regular event, and just what they do for the baseline rough, the rough isn't even high at our course yet, and it, you you can't you can't even advance the ball out of the rough. So so that's the big thing compared to a tour event. The rough at a at a regular tour event at Torrey, the ball you can you can advance it, you can take a shot at the green. I, I don't think they want to see what happened at Wingfoot last year, where a big tough golf course got humiliated by a guy who could just smash it out of the long grass with impunity. So I think you're going to see really penalizing rough even more so than normal. And I don't think it'll play anything resembling what we see at the, at the regular tour event, especially because it's a different time of year. Now we're talking about summer conditions in San Diego versus early season, you know, springtime conditions. Uh, Rory McIlroy, I, I didn't realize this. It's been since 2014 since he's, uh, won a major. I, I, I just, I just, I guess I thought that there'd been a couple more trophies, major <laughs> tournaments, uh, his way since then. Um, he's a guy that I'm looking at, especially on this course, right? He's had some success there in the past. What about McElroy's chances this week? Cause I think he's a pretty decent number. Well, you think it's crazy that Phil Mickelson has won two majors since Roy's won his last one? How about that's, that? That's yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think you're wrong because Rory is such a great driver of the ball. And, you know, if the rough is going to be penalizing, and if you're you're going to talk about you know non crazy way under par scores being good, if you can drive the ball long and straight, you're already you know you're already ahead of a lot of the field, and and that has been his forte. And, and if it doesn't become a track meet, then it, it takes pressure off guys that that don't make as many birdies because the putter is is a little bit suspect, and that's really what it's been for him. It's wedges, wedge play, and putting. And uh, if you argue that guys with his talent somehow become due, and I think Dustin Johnson was in that same category. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a guy when he had one major, you couldn't believe he didn't have five. Right. You know, Rory, if anything, he's underachieved, which is hard to believe when a guy who has five. So I, I think at, for the money, you're, you're getting twice as much. Your, your odds are twice what they would be for someone like Kepka. I mean, I, that, I, that's where I would be putting some of my money for sure. You mentioned putting and the POA greens that they have here. Go back to 2008, Tiger's putt on 18. And oh you see my. that thing just hopping. These things, 
don't handle golf that well. I mean, how big of a storyline is it? And do you know, are there golfers that putt better with these kind of greens? I don't know if it's the putting skill that translates better. It's attitude about putting that translates better. If you can go into it accepting the idea that you can just make your read and make the best stroke you can and the outcome is out of your hand, the closer you are to being being that kind of accepting person, the better you are at putting those greens because your attitude isn't changing when you have misses. And I think what Tiger proved is, you know, you're going to have times when the, the bumps put the ball in and you're going to have times when the bumps put the ball out. And, and you have to sort of accept both of those in the same vein. So, I mean, that, that goes right along with what we were talking about with John Rahm earlier. If you run hot like he does and you start to get some of those breaks that don't go your way, you know, does, does that you know, kind of add up? And what we've seen from Phil, ironically enough, is more of that acceptance, you know, that where he says, I'm just out here, I want to test my game against the best, and whatever happens, happens. That's probably the healthiest mindset to go into this tournament with. A couple more minutes with Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Uh, so let's talk about Mickelson's chances. Uh, obviously, just a thrilling PGA. Uh, that'll be one of the highlights of the sports year. I, I, uh, I fully believe that. Uh, this, could, this would top it, though, because this is the, this is the major that's missing from the career grand slam. Uh, what does, uh, what does he need to do? And do you, do you give him a puncher's chance in this, Matt? Oh, for sure. I mean, he's played a lot of rounds there, and it's you know, he's, ever since he was a kid. I mean, the course has been redone a couple times since then. When you're old, that starts to happen. <laughs> the, course, right. the courses have gone through iterations, but you know, the, I think the, the the biggest challenge for Phil is when you talk about all those storylines: winning the PGA, being 51 years old now, and this being the only one you haven't won. Every single question, every single wow. eyeball. You know, there's there's so much attention, and and that is a huge challenge to to be able to put that pressure aside and he's even said it he was very candid about it at key where we said where he said i can hit all the shots i've always hit my club head speed is the same physically i can do the things i always did i just can't focus for as long a period as i used to be able to do and if there was ever anything that would challenge your focus it's playing in your hometown at a course you've played a thousand times where the expectations are all of a sudden much higher than they were before to win the one you haven't won so that's really going to be the challenge. Can he do it? Is he, does he have a puncher's chance? He just proved it at a golf course that's harder than, than mm-hmm. Corey Pine. So, sure, he can do it. it but that attention span thing, that, that is really going to be interesting to watch. Full circle from where we started, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. Who do you like more this week of those two? I, I like Brooks Kepka. I, I, I don't think Bryson is playing particularly well these days. Um, and and I think there's a, there's a learning curve that goes with all of a sudden being considered one of the favorites as opposed to being the, the outlier, outsider kind of candidate. And, and after you've won your first major, the clock starts to tick on the second one to just to validate what happened before. And what Brooks Koepka has proven is he, he wins big tournaments and he has the attitude that plays well in those kind of events. And, and, and I, I, don't, I don't think Bryson has proven that part of it yet. But does that mean he can't go out and overpower another U.S. Open course? Of course he can, and, and he certainly will be well-prepared. But I, I haven't seen a lot in recent form that would indicate that's going to be the case. Last thing, uh, Matt. Uh, were you surprised uh, that Tiger Woods turned down the opportunity to be a part of the uh, NBC broadcast? I mean, we've seen Jack do that uh, you know, over the last few years. I think he brings a lot to it. I'm not sure what, kind, how, what Tiger would do on a broadcast, but uh, he was given that opportunity by NBC and declined. I know he's in California, apparently. Uh, were you surprised that he didn't want to be a part of it? No, I think Tiger Tiger's always been disdainful of that kind of stuff. 
because to him it is indicated that you're slipping into a part-time player or former player role. And I think that's symbolic for him. If you're doing those kinds of things, then that means you're not, you know, you're not a, a competitor anymore. And he mm-hmm. takes that very seriously. And I think every every bit of him wants to to focus on rehabbing his leg and playing in more of these as a competitor. And I, and I don't think uh, he wants to be in a in a seat where conceivably you have to answer questions about what happened on the, you know when he was in California and he got hurt. I mean, it, I mean, we don't know. There's all kinds of, you know. There's 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 rumors swirling around about what it was or what it wasn't. What you know, he was speeding, all those different kinds of things. I just don't think he wants to be in a position to talk about any of that stuff until that's been settled. And 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 I don't blame him. I I don't blame him for that. And I don't blame him for uh, pushing away distractions and trying to stay kind of uh, isolated until he feels better about where he is physically. Every bit of me hoping he hopes he concentrates on rehab and gets back out there because I hope there's still more victories for him. It's great for it's it's great theater. Uh, Matt Rudy, uh, hopefully your schedule allowed to uh, recap it with us on Monday. All right, you got it. Thanks, bud. Have a have a good weekend. Yeah. Sorry, it's the tournament. Take care. Bye-bye. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest, as we take a look at and a little preview uh, of the uh, U.S. Open. Do you have a guy? I mean, where you, you give me three guys that can win that you'll be betting to win. To win, Scotty Scheffler is kind of my mid-range guy. And what what price is he? I got thirty-five to one at DraftKings. He um, has finished. I think it's three of the last four. He's been in the top ten at the Open, mm-hmm. which I was really surprised when I was going through my numbers. Another price I really liked was Justin Rose, and he's sixty-six to one. I, I saw him. As, I got him at sixty this morning. Uh, um, well, let me. I'll just I'll scroll down. He is sixty-six to one now. You know, I'll I'll put a bet on Xander Shoffley because I do every <laughs> single tournament. I, I, my, to, Tony Finau is to me what Xander Shoffley. Is I like to you. Finau this. I week. bet him already. Yeah. twenty-two to one. I saw with our MediaCom show that we'll be doing today. I saw that you had him on there. I'm I will be jumping aboard, and this one was baffling to me. Henrik Stenson who form's been a little wonky at times this yeah. year, but 350 to 1? <laughs> I'm taking a stab a there. Lottery ticket. It is. In sports. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's the ultimate. Throw a couple of bucks on that, have some fun with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And Trendy's 400 to 1 this morning at DraftKings. Oh, he is? Wow. He, even bigger odds. Zach Johnson is 400 to 1 at DraftKings. So, Zach, this is not exactly a course for him, but... We were told that a couple of different times, yeah. and he's been able to make it work. Right. So, have fun. With I'm going to go right? to Rory. I, I'm. I didn't realize. I mean, since 2014, and then when Matt said Mickelson's won two since he won his last one, that resonated a little bit. I always get sucked into Justin Thomas. I do too, and I, I stayed away this week. I, I do not have him involved in anything mm-hmm. from fantasy to pools to everything else that I'm involved in. Justin Thomas was one of my first cross-offs, in fact, of the did week. Did you bet the favorite, John Rahm? I did uh, just once, and that was the one we talked about earlier, just the top uh, mm, after right, the first right. round. But at 10 to 1. Yeah. 10 and a half to 1 now. They've moved a little bit. Yeah, it, it's hard to hard for me to justify that. There are just so many other ones that are more fun, maybe. It's also fun cashing a ticket. Indeed it is. All right, we will uh, take a time out, come back, finish up the hour. We'll talk NBA to start things off. Cappy had to push back a little bit. So David Kaplan will be at 1125-ish. Sean Devaney will kick off hour number two. We'll be back after these messages on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO and 106. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. 
Just let it go, Trent. These guys are so good. <laughs> what was happening over there? <laughs> Five minutes before the hour of 11, it's Miller and Condon. Hour number two, Sean Devaney uh, on the NBA and David Kaplan about 1125 Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. You know, yesterday we talked about the what I called a vacation for a pitcher who gets busted. He has to take off a 10-day suspension mm-hmm. with pay. There's a little bit more teeth to it than I originally saw. Uh, the fact that uh, whoever's team that player plays for you can't fill that roster spot so if he's suspended or if there's a couple suspended um you're you're playing with fewer guys so i mean that 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 is good uh the way mlb has done that but boy oh boy the blowback from some of the pitchers and some of the big names in the game well including tyler glass now yes and going from reading the comments on twitter Mm mm-hmm where, oh boy, great. He's just whining. Wah, yeah. wah. It's not. And then listening to him, it was heartbreaking. I listening to him. I saw the quotes. Yep. And I rolled my eyes. Right. Because he thought he got hurt because they, they were they were um, going to force him to put away the sticky stuff. And then you listen to him, and it just it was tough. It mm-hmm. was. It's the middle of the season, Trent. Major League Baseball, this is on them. They should have been in front of this for the longest time. This should have happened in spring training. Look, but they're incredibly reactionary. I know. This goes You're back right. to the 90s. Yep. This goes back to the 50s, 60s, and They've 70s with been Greenies. a react, not a pro te- a proact sport yes. forever. Yep. I agree. But I also can see the pitcher side of this. Mm-hmm. Doing it now in the middle of the season, um, forcing them to... And Glass now truly believes that the reason he's hurt is because of that. Did you see the video that uh, Trevor Bauer had yesterday? I did. So if you missed it, check it out. It's on. It's all over Twitter. It's like seven minutes, eight minutes. And that's he, the one you're referring to, yeah, right? Yeah, with the baseball sticking yes. to his hand. Right. The only thing he has is rosin. Mm-hmm. Of course, as we know, legal because it's well, there's a rosin bag right behind mm-hmm. the mound, and sweat. Yep. Or suntan lotion, which we're seeing a yes. lot of. But he, in his video, he just used sweat and right. showed that's enough for the ball to literally stick to his hand as he's holding it flat on a surface. That's that's the tackiness that is mm-hmm. legal in the game. I, there, there's so much to it. There's so much that we don't understand. I have to send you that article of just the normal writer that went to one of those baseball facilities and saw just how much spin this guy that could barely get it up to 60 miles an hour right, right. was getting on his pitches with some of this stuff. It's incredible. And let's be honest, it's way over our understanding of thinking. Just a couple of guys talking about sports. A couple of people out there listening right now. It's so much deeper than that, the the actual science that's behind mm-hmm. it. But we know it helps. Sure it does. And we know it's very impactful. And mm-hmm. I think well, a reason for where we are. I first heard about the spin rate and, and how they, when we were, we were doing our show from, uh, from Principal Park mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And we had no idea that uh, on top of the, you know, directly behind home plate, but on top of the press box, there's this camera that um, tracks spin rates. And, and it's put in there by the big tub. And they, um, we had no idea. This is all kind of new, but boy, it must be effective. We'll see what this does to the game. If you're an over-under player, um, I know which way I'd be. I, I'd be putting my money once we get to this point, and it's coming soon as next week. We're coming back with Sean Devaney and then David Kaplan uh, from Chicago at 11.25. Miller and Condon, one hour to go on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.